Yes, I love it. You sounded so, so official, so I had to like nigga it up a little bit. It's fine, girl. That's what makes us good together. So, romance, erotica, shit. Pretty much all literary works and films rely on these things called tropes, and they help to move stories forward. But what are tropes? We're about to tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, there are these common themes, and they help people to orient themselves in the story. So I think of them as like handrails that help you understand what's going to come next. When they're done well, they give a writer a really solid place to start a story before they mix things up, hopefully to keep it interesting. But when they aren't done well, they're like boring and predictable, like the very worst of the Hallmark (laughs) or Lifetime (laughs) movies. Where you already know what's going to happen as soon as they show the woman leaving her job and walking into an inn with a big suitcase. (laughs) And the snowstorm approaching. Exactly. So, in an effort to help y'all, our dear listeners. So, one of my questions is, well, for the readers, listeners, 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 for our listeners, why the hell (laughs) would also readers, why the hell would you use a trope? And so, my answer to that is... Mm -hmm. Look at like Bad Boy, the record company. They built an <laughs> entire label on sampling really good music. Uh, uh-huh. And so that's kind of how I look at a trope. It's like, okay, it's somewhere to start. It's something yeah. to kind of give you a little bit of guidance. Mm-hmm. And if you can do it well, if you got Stevie J and the hit makers on your team, you can freak that shit and build an empire. Right. Yeah. And it's so it's good for writers in that way. And it's also good for readers because it helps you to kind of like you don't want to come in completely unless you're like me. I really do like to know literally nothing when I start a movie or a book. But like most people want to know a little bit of something. That's why we have trailers and why we have like sneak previews and excerpts and shit like that. So it gives you just a little taste of what's going to happen to kind of get you oriented to what's going to come next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and so I also kind of look lost. at it like... um. Like a sports game? Like, you know the rules. Do you explain? You know the rules. You know this is basketball. You know that there's mm-hmm. 15 players on each team. How many players are on a basketball team? Uh, well, I think it's only five on the court per <laughs> team at a time. That's where the six man comes from. <laughs> anyway, I thought six man was a football term. Anyway, um, nope. Yeah, but it's kind of like a sports thing. Like you, you know what you're getting into. It's just yeah. it defines the rules of the of the universe yeah. in a way. How well yeah. is this gonna play out? Mm-hmm. Or not? Or not? So. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. I just had to. You know, I'm always no, the one I love with metaphors. I, you are, and they're always really, really good and weird. But. <laughs> We get there. You get there. Get on this train. We're going to get to the station. (laughs) So today we thought we would do a quick breakdown of a couple of our favorite tropes. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with friends to lovers. Mm -hmm. You've seen it. In this genre, we meet two people who are destined to be together, but they don't know it yet. So we might meet them when they're kids. And like, you know, getting bathed next to each other and shit and might not be able to see 
why anybody else would think that they're attractive because it's just that little ashy nigga that lived next door my whole life. Or we might meet them as adults and they may be the folks who are quote unquote best friends who comfort each other while they with terrible ass other people. Mm -hmm. This makes me think of things like love and basketball, brown sugar. So now Latham is a lot of... <laughs> love and basketball was trash though. Ugh. What makes it trash it. in hindsight? Yeah. The fact that he didn't want her yeah. until. <laughs> not, I'm not going to play you for, like, I don't remember Your a lot heart. about it, but, like, I wish the fuck mm -hmm. you would be, like, play me for my heart, bitch. Keep, keep that raggedy on. motherfucker. Keep your raggedy ass heart. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. And then, by then, he couldn't even play. So yeah, then so it was like. She had to be the breadwinner. By the time you ashy, now. Mm -mm. Never mm -hmm. mind. Now you want me? Okay. That's cool. Sorry. But so that is the thing. I feel like well, I love brown sugar, and that's definitely the thing there, right? Where they supposedly are just friends, and then they accidentally fuck, and it's like, oh, okay, we in love. I see you differently now. <laughs> we in love. We in love. <laughs> yes, and then we also saw it in a couple of the books that we did um, earlier in the show, like um, Can't Escape Love. Yes. By Alyssa Cole, right? Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be friends. I mean, they weren't lifelong friends, but they're supposed to be friends, and then they end up fucking. And uh, from scratch, which is interesting, because it's the male portion of the love situation, mm -hmm. the triad, that have been friends and kind of like a mentor-mentee yeah. <laughs> for a long time before they end up fucking, so I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, in these movies, you know, we see that they're really determined to fight that they actually are a love connection, even though because of the way the trope is set up, everyone who's reading and watching can see that it is coming. But they do shit like acting shady toward their best friends, partners, and uh, taking long distance, long showers and staring off into the distance <laughs> as they think about how supportive <laughs> their friend is. Oh, Meanwhile, they partner is shitty as hell. And then eventually they progress to imagining the sex that they might have until they finally get to the point where they kiss or fuck inappropriately. Pull a titty out. Exactly. Pull your titty out. Run away from each other and then they come back and they realize it's you. It's, it's always been you. you. Exactly. And then they get together. So that is the friends to lovers trope. Did I, I love it. Yeah. And it's it's interesting. I mean, I love it, but I ain't. That ain't, I mean, I yes, I think it's good because you get to see them develop a relationship that doesn't have anything to do with um, romance, which I think is actually important, necessary yeah. to have a real relationship that's going to last any kind of years, right? It can't, although I adore sex, I feel like if you're trying to build a life with somebody that has to be an important part of it, but not the only part. So I think that's part of why I like this one, because you get to see how their relationships develop before they even think of each other romantically. Oh, and then there's always the, I don't want to ruin this part yes. of the, uh, yeah. And I'm like, but you just make it better, but I write your yeah. own go off. If it don't work, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the trope that I picked was, um, the love triangle. Ooh. Um, and it is what it sounds like three people, maybe more. Somebody's got to choose. Um, Sometimes it's a choice of one person having to pick two, you know, having two people to pick from. Oftentimes they're so different that, you know, it's mm -hmm. evil they're versus nice good. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but the evil one has a heart of good. Exactly. But the reason that I like this trope <laughs> is because I actually like this trope because I feel like 
increasingly it's becoming an opportunity to showcase like different types of relationships, mm-hmm. polyamorous mm-hmm. relationships, because mm-hmm. we covered this in a few books so far, this yeah. on our, um, in our show, Fire Baptized, wasn't there? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awakening. Yeah. Which and actually turning into a, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mentioned from scratch. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to choose. She had them both. Exactly. And lead me that. astray. Mm-hmm. So I feel, oh, and then also my billionaire benefactor. We didn't ca- quite get into the end of it, but she had two sugar daddies that was both like uh, after her. Send it out. And yeah. her main boo was like, I want you to be just mine. So anyway, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, um, it's a classic trope because one, who doesn't want to be wanted by everybody? Exactly. But two, um, like with from scratch, it gives you an opportunity to to explore have some. To choose. Yeah, like to explore some yeah. new and naughty situations. That's interesting. Like because yeah, and when we see that play out in movies, it's always a choice. We never get to see people be like, mm, "Why don't we just all be together?" Yes. <laughs> And I and I actually see, like that our books, books have, innovating. Yeah, our books have been innovative. So, um, yeah, that's what I got. I know that was much shorter than your explanation. Girl, it was just me running my mouth. But that's cool. Because yeah. guess what? Now we've learned. Now you know. <laughs> this has been. I don't remember the melody. Know your tropes. Know your tropes. With Kenry and Erica. Thank <laughs> thank. This episode was produced by us, Erica and Kenria, and edited by Ballistic. The theme song is from Brazy. We want to hear from y'all. Send your book recommendations and all the burning sex and related questions you want us to answer to theturnonpodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at theturnonpod and Instagram at the turn on podcast and find links to our books, transcripts, guest info, and other fun stuff at the turn on podcast.com. And remember the turn on is now a part of the frolic podcast network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you soon. Holla.